0: people don't even say that anymore that's that's now a boomer joke
1: no they're gonna bring it back oh, okay. all good jokes circle around oh so that means that one won't <laughs>
0: Jeez. well if all good podcasts circle around saucy then uh, i think we're probably out of business Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host, the Blevins, with me as always, a saucy mailman. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, how's it going? Uh I, the
0: the 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 variance of looks on the guests' faces when we just go into the intro is it's It's one of my favorite it's things. It's my it might be my favorite thing of the show. But
1: speaking of, we have a guest.
0: We have a fantastic guest today. We have Who I know him from the Magic the Gathering scene, an old SCG grinder, now a professional Twitch streamer and content creator, and who has recently moved into Runeterra a bit. Jeff Hoagland, welcome to the show.
2: Whoa, you nailed the last name. You can tell you know who I am.
0: I mean, I literally have watched you on SCG streams for uh, many, many, many a a match (laughs) back in the day.
1: Once or twice.
2: You know, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, the The coverage person told me they used to send out a sheet to head judges for those tournaments with like grinder name pronunciation guides, mm-hmm. and mine would still just get slaughtered every time. Almost,
0: yeah. Really, yeah, yours is an easy one. I get called Belvins. I've been called Belvins my whole life. Um, oh, I can see that. It, which because people just can't see where the L is in my name. Which I almost am kind of missing that because now people just say I'm nin either that I am ninja or that I'm ninja's brother. So that's, uh, <laughs> which is really weird because Ninja's real brother actually has the same name as me in real life, and his Twitter name is TheBeardedBlevin, so you could see why that would actually be. But that is neither here nor there. Jeff, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about you today, as well as your endeavors into Runeterra, and just about Runeterra in general, and, I mean, you, the listeners... The, the 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 regular listeners know we're going to go off on tangents and uh, and yep. all that. So, uh, Jeff, let's start with a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about uh, your background. I know you actually come from a uh, teaching and mathematics background,
2: yeah. So um I have a uh, master's in mathematics from uh, Illinois State here where I live in the middle of Illinois. Um, my, during my undergrad, I had an education minor and I a student taught a high school classroom for a semester there and decided that I'd rather work with adults. Um, so I spent, <laughs> before I moved into content creation full-time, I mm-hmm. spent some time adjuncting at like four, four or five different schools in the central Illinois area, mm-hmm. because, uh, most universities would rather pay people slave wages via adjuncts than hire people full-time. <laughs> yep. True.
0: That is true everywhere. Welcome yep. to America. Correct. <laughs> Gig workers. Yeah. It's it's interesting that you say you would rather work with adults yet you are streaming to Twitch chat all day. That seems a little like a little bit of a <laughs>
2: Well, you see, I also so I also have a family. So I have uh, a mm. five and a six-year-old and in a in a lot of ways working with Twitch chat for extended periods of time has prepared me well to work with the five <laughs> and six-year-old.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. That tracks. That tracks.
2: And children in Twitch chat, you have to speak slowly and repeat yourself frequently.
0: True. And uh, put them into timeout when they say silly things. Uh... Correct. Yep. <laughs> so how, how do you go from a teaching background to sort of obviously, like I mentioned, I know you from the SEG uh, grinder days. Where how, does, how do we get from, from teaching to playing magic, at least semi-professionally or professionally, to where you are today in content creation?
2: Well, it starts with a uh, very supportive, understanding, maybe slightly crazy, significant other. Um, (laughs) You have to have someone to support you. Uh, So my oldest son is uh, six and a half now. And uh, before he was born, I was working as a um, systems analyst for uh, a major insurance company and just playing magic kind of part-time for fun Mm -hmm. while doing that. And then, uh, when my oldest was born, I moved into kind of a stay at home dad role, which, uh, you know, babies need a lot of uh, attention, but they're also a lot of downtime, right? So mm-hmm. I was like playing games and writing articles and playing online a lot in between diaper changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, during that time, I spent a lot of time playing on the SCG tour. Like you said, I qualified for two of their three initial Players' Championships tournaments that they had. I top aided. Um, a dozen or more of their, you know, several hundred to thousand player open tournaments. Um, and then all while doing that, I was streaming and producing content part-time for all of those years. Uh-huh. And then um, I never I never expected content to become a full-time job. But it was um, like the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, um, I started streaming a little bit more. Uh, Because actually, um, the SCG Tour was having a player of the year race. And Mm -hmm. I played in every open except for one in 2017. And I missed getting player of the year by some small number of points at the last invitation of that year. And I was like, well, I missed this thing. I'm like, I'm done going to all of these tournaments. I'm just going to do a little bit more content. And then as I started doing more content, the sub numbers started going up and I like sat down with my wife and I was Mm. like, look, I know we said I wanted to be a stay at home dad, but that was when I was kind of working in corporate America, Mm. you know, just a paycheck job. And it was like, this looks like it could maybe scale up into be like a job that I genuinely love. Uh So we like hired a sitter at the beginning of 2018 to like watch the kids 15 hours a week while Mm -hmm. I stream a little bit more and then it kept picking up some more and then over that summer we started daycare full-time for them so i could actually do it as a job 40 hours a week
0: wow that's i mean that's a that's a great story i think a lot of a lot of folks uh well so first uh a lot of folks think that saucy and i do this full-time which we don't at least not yet um so it's it it i think it's a a very um it's a relatable story for a lot of us where we're working our, like you said, paycheck jobs for 40, 40 plus hours a week and then doing content on the side. And it's a, it's a really, I just think sort of a great story to, uh, to look at really to, 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 to not just, Oh, well I'm going to be a content creator tomorrow. So let me quit my yep. job. Yeah. Let me, let me just throw all this away and just dump everything into Twitch. And then, you know, uh, and I realize well, that
1: it's a lot of work and yeah.
2: really hard. P- people always ask me, like, well, when did you know that you could do it as a job? And I'm just like, well, when it started paying me like yeah. it could be a job, right? right? Okay. Like, yeah. I always tried to make good content, but mm. I didn't go, okay, we're going to do the volume that is a job until it was like, okay, this is feasible, and practical right. to do so.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can now, uh, I can eat food still and yeah. keep the utilities yep. on, yeah.
0: Yeah, and of course, having a family just you know, it's not yeah. just, it, and, yeah. and, and,
2: and even that too, like I'm super fortunate that like my wife works full time for a major insurance mm. company still, and we get good benefits through them. Right. Like, you know, I make an okay amount of money on Twitch, but for people like they live in the United States, they know this like health insurance for a family of five is independent contractors, like 2500 $3,000 yeah. per month yeah. on top of all Easy. the other utilities. So like, I'm not even sure at my level I could do this as a job if we didn't have like my wife providing us traditional benefits through right. hers. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
0: crazy, crazy to think that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's just it's it's a it's a story that I don't think it's told enough. Right, just because like it's like yep. oh well you know, nin, there's, ninja there's... yeah ninja hit it big. <laughs>
2: yep, exactly. But who's my brother? It's easier about the, the, <laughs> the, the ninjas and the Doctor Lupo's and right. you know
1: the few and far betweens.
2: Correct. Yep. Yeah. The fraction of a, I mean, even like myself making a full-time living, I'm a fraction of a percent on Twitch. Right. right? And like, yeah. I'm not even within reaching distance of someone like Lupo or Ninja. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: I got, I looked at my stats the other day from, or a couple weeks ago when I was, I like streamed heavily for two weeks and then stopped of course, cause that's my MO uh, and my stream, <laughs> which is, which is not, which is literally nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm in the top 0.8% of streamers on Twitch. Yeah. So I mean, like <laughs> if you're
2: breaking, if you're breaking double digit viewers, yeah. you are probably single digit percentages, top 1%. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is insane to think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just think that's a, something to really think about and let that sink in. Um, cause it's a story it, that a lot of us are
2: living. It's, it's funny. My wife and I going back to my, my SCG experience, mm-hmm. um, I finished second on the SCG tour that year. I chased player of the year and Mm -hmm. I qualified for two of their players championships over three years. I broke even in the amount of money I spent traveling and buying magic cards and the money I made with those records. But in a way, I mean, not even a way, almost certainly I wouldn't have the job I have today if I didn't have that starting bit of notoriety from Mm -hmm. SCG. Right. And my wife and I often refer to that. Well, that was my unpaid internship for three years. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously though that's a really interesting way to think about that. Uh, cause I mean, that's what internships are, right? I mean, getting that experience Pretty is, much. I mean, yep. it, getting that experience is
2: invaluable in a lot of ways. So yeah. 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 And it's tough too, right? Like, you know, you said, even just getting into double digit viewers, like that puts you in the 1% because most people are streaming to one or no viewers on right. Twitch. Right. And like, you just think about how you watch Twitch as a watcher, you never scroll past the top dozen or right. maybe dozen and a half channels, right? Mm-hmm. So like especially in a in a big game like something like Fortnite, for example, where there's hundreds of people, most of those folks are never getting clicked on. Right.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, so I know myself and Blevins, and probably most people know you from Magic: The Gathering. Uh, I mean, I can remember watching you play uh, Reanimator and Legacy many, many years ago in SCG. <laughs> yep. Um, that's actually when I when I found out about you because I was actually playing a lot of Reanimator and Legacy at the same time. But, right. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was the one brainstorm about... deck I really played. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love brainstorm. I've got. So many hundreds of copies of Brainstorm. Um, so other have you uh, other gaming background? Anything other than card games or have card games kind of been your MO?
2: So I've played, I started playing Magic when I was uh, 10 years old, which is almost two decades ago at this point. And uh, I played a lot of uh, first person shooters and MMOs during high school and undergrad. Obviously, my friend group, we played a ton of Counter-Strike Source. Nice. Mm. Um, we played some uh, Guild Wars was our MMO of choice because most of us couldn't afford $15 a month for World of Warcraft. (laughs) We are just lucky to have computers that could play games. So then they um,
1: they kind of just started playing Magic and fell in love with Magic?
2: Yeah, and like Magic, um, you know, it was a game that you could play casually very easy, right? Like the majority of people that play card games don't know that they exist on places like Twitch. I remember for the longest time, for years, my Magic experience was we drafted in my basement or my buddy's basement once a month with a group of like 15 yep. to 20 of us, depending on who could who could get there.
0: Yeah, it it is insane to think that like, when you when we're so entrenched in like the Twitch community and you go and like, I'll talk to one of my buddies back from high school, that's like, oh, you play Magic? I'm like, yeah, I watch do all this stuff and they're like oh do you know so and so i'm like uh yeah i like have played against them a bunch of times like what (laughs) it's crazy like how like unconnected some people are to that and then and then there's also like oh wait you can watch people play magic (laughs) yeah right yeah It's definitely, I I
2: always tell people when people get angry, like decisions companies have made. And they're just like, well, the fact that you like go and watch this game on Twitch, like automatically puts you in a different demographic than a majority of the people that play this game. So like your perspective is definitely not the majority almost certainly.
0: Yeah. Like when, I mean, I used to live above a card store, literally like I was roommates with the owners of the card store and, uh, when the the type of person who would come in and just like have the like hundred dollar bill in their hand and just hand it over, crack a box and then just start piling up the rares to sell back to the store to crack open another box while still standing at the counter. Like when you're a competitive player, you're just like (laughs) it's like literally just burning money to not even get anything just to just to open the cards. Like that's a different that's a different breed of person. I mean, that's 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 yep. who Wizards wants, like in a vat, yep. constantly doing that. But,
2: like... Well, that and I and I remember too. You know, like when I was grinding, like I had I owned a modern deck because mm-hmm. that format didn't rotate, but I basically never owned standard cards. Like you, right. you post on Twitter the week before, you like send a bunch of Facebook messages. You're like, who's got cards? And like the yep. morning of the tournament, you're uh-huh. like, I'm getting cards from you and you yep. and you. I mean, yeah,
1: that's how it always went too. Like, especially early on, you're like, "All right, I have the cards for this deck, but I want to play card- this deck, but my friend has all of my Thrag Tusks I need and yeah. <laughs> so, you're always trading around. It's that was kind of like the the fun part about, you know, traveling around to, back when we had Grand Prix and all the SCGs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it makes me want to ask you so switching from traditional paper magic even to digital magic, what was kind of like the pros and cons How was that when you started playing when you started streaming more you know how did that kind of you know change things for you
2: well i think um the biggest boons to digital and paper are just kind of different like i think for a lot of people even myself included uh the biggest boon to paper is the social aspect of Mm -hmm. it right Mm -hmm. like part of the reason why i was playing so many tournaments is you know um, we were driving four, five, six, sometimes even ten hours one yep. way in a weekend to get to these tournaments. So it was like and you know, most of us weren't making good money and the tournaments barely paid for themselves. So you'd have four or five people in a car and you'd have two dudes in each, you know, double or queen oh, size yeah. bed if you were lucky in yep. the hotel room. Oh, yeah. Sometimes someone would sleep on the floor to pay a little bit less, and the the people was the big part of it, right? The mm, gathering. Yeah and then when you transition to digital digital is more so about like the actual gameplay mm-hmm. i really feel because you can just play so many games compared to paper right there's yeah. no there's no shuffling or anything and and honestly yeah. even that's even the biggest difference between there's two magic platforms now the magic online and the magic arena is magic online works really hard to emulate paper magic so mm-hmm. it's very rigid and slow in how the application works which makes it feel very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: I mean, it is definitely rigid and slow and the passing of priority, but also it's just a rigid and slow program that was made in
2: 1997. It is awful. Uh, even- uh, Magic Online is older than 1997, okay. sir. <laughs> is it? No, well, that actually. might be 97. Right? It's 20. It's 2020 right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 97 might be accurate. 90- I actually remember the first time I installed Magic Online. I installed it from a CD-ROM. Yes. and Updated it on my dial-up internet. Yeah, I did.
0: Same. It, I got the. Uh, I got it from the the box. The green box from I think eighth edition that had Royal Assassin on the front of it, and I think it came with a promo Sarah Angel card. Maybe. I don't know. or maybe it was maybe it came with a Was it
2: Thor- Thorn Elemental? I think no, that was the 7th th- edition.
0: Yes, one. that's the 7th edition one. I think it was either No, no, it was Elvis Champion. It was an Elvis yeah. Champion promo that you got for buying okay. the... Yeah, that was that was 8th. Yeah, eighth that was edition. that yeah. was when I started. was an 8th edition um or right around there. 8th edition Mearden was when I started. So yeah, that's, it's crazy to think. And I mean, at that point in time, it was a kind of an innovative product. It was the fact that it was the same product 10 years later that really got me to, yeah. to leave it. Well, it's
2: not even the same product. I remember the first version of Magic Online. You had like an avatar that like physically walked up to yes! tables to play games yes. with yes. people. Yes. Yeah, it was like it was actually more of a video game than like what is their current product <laughs> in 2020 is. Yeah. yeah,
0: let's go back. Let's go back. Let's get... um uh what is it called vanguards let's let's have vanguards with uh uh let's i mean let's just make Momir basic a thing everywhere but also like i want to be able to play the like lesser played vanguards as well and i want to be able to walk around as my vanguard and like look at the draft table with like all with like the birds of paradise sitting next to the like thorn elemental uh so good so so good um I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on this too, Jeff, because obviously you even more so than than Saucy and I are very experienced or were very experienced in the Magic the Gathering IRL tournaments. And yes, the camaraderie, yes, all of that. Uh, you know, going in, and going to the tournaments and, and traveling is great. But do you ever miss anything about playing in
2: actual tournaments? You know, I don't, I don't know that I actually miss the actual mechanical parts of the tournament. Yeah. Even like ra- rounds digitally can take some time, but good golly, can they take a long time in in person? I yeah. like you know, you guys said you played tournament magic. Like you know, if a round lasted eighty minutes sometimes with a fifty minute timer, like that was quick a lot of the time. You're like yeah. oh, we were only twenty five minutes the over. Only That's three great.
0: only three matches went to time, and five judge calls happened. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah when you're when you're there eight a m to ten p m don't get a lunch break no.
2: i um I remember there was a weekend where uh I made the finals of a legacy tournament on Sunday and we finished the finals at one a m yep for the open and i and I yeah it's funny they actually ended up restructuring their open series shortly after that because they kept getting in trouble at the convention halls. Yeah. so like it's like midnight you need to get out Yeah, contractor's right.
0: done <laughs> we yeah we we once had to uh finish the finals of a ptq so we're i'm i'm from buffalo new york so we drove up to uh toronto canada uh with about five of us two Two of the people in my car made it to the finals of the PTQ. We got kicked out of the convention center and had to play in a Tim Hortons. The finals in the Tim <laughs> oh, Hortons. No. Yeah, it was I mean, it was a legendary story, but when it's 1 a.m. in a Tim Hortons and you're yeah. explaining to staff why there's a bunch of sweaty nerds who aren't going to buy anything in your store playing cards and being very loud. it uh, At the time, it's not the most pleasant experience. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think back to, like, every once in a while, I'll be like, man, I kind of want to play in a tournament. Like, I miss that, like, exhilaration in the prep. And then I think about sitting uh, and just, like, being in the tournament hall for any amount of time. I'm like, I I, I don't miss it at all. Yeah, uh, I, don't yeah, miss that I mean, like,
2: I, I love, like, playing events from home and being able to, like, even if there's downtime between rounds, like, all right, I'm going to go hang out with the kids and the yeah. wife, and I'm yeah. going to set, set, set my timer to ding when the next yeah. round should pair. and. Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, well, I can go make a sandwich. This is great.
2: <laughs> yep. I don't have to pay six dollars for a pretzel. Like oh, exactly. if you're lucky. I, I do yeah. I, I do actually
0: really like the format that they've done for the I think they're calling them the arena opens, the like two thousand dollar like first prize Yeah, arena the, opens. the
2: async async tournament's yeah. really good. Um except for did you see the issue people had with joining it the second day? No, I didn't. So for people who aren't familiar with how Arena structures that, they have a 20-hour day one where you can basically pay $20 to enter this thing. Mm-hmm. And if you get a certain number of wins or a certain number of losses, you qualify for the next day. You can do that all day for 20 hours. Yep. But for the second day, they made people join the event in a two-hour time window span. And if you didn't join in that two hours, you couldn't play the event. And you didn't have to play your matches or even start playing your match in that two hours. You just had to log into the client, hit wow. join, and then maybe finish your matches later. You like had to whenever just you check in, essentially. You're correct. You had to check in in a two-hour window.
0: On the client. It, oh, <laughs> yep. my. You know, it's...
1: That's awesome.
2: And just, like, they, they always... And that's one of, uh, you know, one of our points is what led me to Rune Terra yeah. is, like wizards so constantly just get so close to like this is this yes. is fantastic it's perfect it's everything yep. i've ever wanted in a tournament weekend and then there's something like that where it's just like yeah <laughs> it's it... well let, let's <sighs> talk about that cuz
0: yeah.
1: we we we've talked about magic for a while this is uh technically most of the time a runterra podcast so wait,
0: wait, uh,
2: i think really? everyone can
1: assume <laughs> i think everyone can assume you're playing some Runeterra. so what brought you to legend of runterra
2: so um I had actually never touched a Riot product before, and um, I was uh, just kind of looking for other stuff to do. Um, Twitch has uh, a program called a Bounty Board that you can be a part of when you hit a certain size. And basically what that is, uh, developers post their games or like ads that they want you to play on your stream Mm -hmm. for uh, a minimum dollar threshold. And then if you play it for the certain threshold, you get a payout based on your viewers for a percentage. And I was like, oh, there's a card game up here. I'm looking for other things to try. Yeah. Let's just try this. So I took, I think it was an hour or two-hour segment on that, and I played it, and I was like, oh, this is like, seems great. So mm. the following day, we played two hours again, not a sponsored segment. And just, we. I think I played almost every day for a week that first week.
0: Yeah, and it's, it really is just like, especially coming from magic it's so like so uh, saucy and i both went magic to hearthstone and now to runeterra and it takes so much good from magic and like so much of the good like ui and ux from hearthstone and like marries them together in such a Mm -hmm. a nice way that it's like yeah i think one of the one of
2: the one of the best things runeterra did is it found this really elegant middle ground between this super rigid slow priority system that magic has mm-hmm. where both players respond to literal everything yep. which yeah. drags i've even got to on blow my play. nose oh correct yeah. The whole... yeah. correct yeah like <laughs> exactly right And versus hearthstone where everything just happens right, right? so this um where the spell where fast and slow spells use a stack like substance but units just come into play is it's just really elegant in a lot of ways to mm-hmm. give that counterplay in parts where it's really important but also doesn't make the game drag in other parts
1: yeah
0: yeah it really seems like they hit the nail on the head in a lot of ways to uh to really encapsulate the the best parts of the competitive and interactive aspects of of MTG and as well as the like hey we're not going to necessarily have an hour long game one for for Hearthstone game well, or for And uh, I
2: think they or. they they even did a good job of avoiding some of the bad interactive parts of Magic mm-hmm. um whereas like um you, reading green terraforms I've seen there's been uh like deny is a hot press card that was eventually yeah. pushed yeah. up to 4 mana oh, yeah. before I started playing but like you know uh, people have never played magic have probably never experienced playing against a deck where you literally never resolve a spell right
0: yeah and the
2: fact that in rune terror your units just happen is great because it's this middle ground between well sometimes i can deny things and stop them mm-hmm. but i'm never going to have everything i play just say no yeah. bad jeff right yeah exactly <laughs> And
1: it's hard in I mean it's hard to explain that to people who've not played games like Magic or you know where there's counter spells cuz I was like I mean deny seems fine says the miracles player here yeah. so it's, like, <laughs> it's just hard to you know let's talk about how yeah. force of will works and things Yeah like and, that.
2: and like like looking looking at like the things um the community from RuneTerra feels is like not okay I, I it makes me kind of take a step back and I was like wow my bullshit tolerance for magic is like <laughs> really high because like <laughs> this feels bad. This isn't even like a blip on the top 10 feels bad in right. what I've been yeah. playing for the last decade.
0: Uh, how would you like elk. it if everything was an elk, my friend? I yeah. uh, <laughs> <That laughs> was kind of like,
1: like one of the, that was one of the funny jokes when Blevins and I first started the podcast. Because when when the game first came out, elusives were a hot topic. Yeah. people were like, they can't be blocked, blah blah blah. We're like, and we're like, if the the most degenerate thing in the game is flying, then yeah. we know that the yeah. game's in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're feeling good about Runeterra right yeah. now. <laughs> yep.
2: Well, to be fair, in Runeterra, Windrake did draw a card for a long time. That is true. That's
1: true. It but, was good. I guess
0: I guess Windrake draw w- cantrip. Windrake. Would be would it be standard playable?
2: I I'm not sure that it is necessarily. And and another perspective, too, and this is uh, really interesting coming from magic, how the power level translates like four yes. mana unsummon in Will of Iona was yeah. too good and needed to be nerfed to five mana yeah. in mm-hmm. Rune Terror, Whereas like Unsummon is frequently not a constructed playable card right. in Magic. And like one of the things that translates really interestingly is because you draw a card effectively every turn in Rune mm-hmm. Chair, whereas in magic you only draw every other turn. The value of drawing a card is lower. Right. Because mm-hmm. your hands already full more often compared to magic where you value that higher. Yeah. Yeah. There's I,
0: I just I, I I feel like I, when I'm reading, you know, in Discord and, and Reddit and and uh, just folks in the L O R community talking, I feel like I just find myself saying, Oh, sweet summer child just so so many times like you don't even know it's like what coblade affinity like all these things like you just don't you don't even know what oh i I remember
2: i think it was it was patch 1.4 or 1.5 when i started playing and i was just like idly scrolling reddit and people are like this format sucks there's no diversity i'm like yeah have you have you heard of this card called Reclamation in Magic and it's
1: just <laughs> like, it's a very time ravler. Like yeah. you don't realize
2: the silver spoon that is hanging in your mouth while yeah. you It's
0: a it's a good uh it's a good place to be where we're sort of spoil, we're uh we're spoiled no, with deb- ridges. Yep. <laughs> and right, and honestly we didn't,
1: we didn't write this down but I wanted to ask this because it's kind of related. Uh have you how have you found the diversity of like playable different archetypes and decks in Runeterra?
2: Well, it's astonishing. For one, for for people that aren't familiar with my content, um, my basic shtick is a majority of what I play is uh, viewer submitted decks. So, like people send me uh, a donation and I play their deck on my stream for uh, ninety minutes to two hours, depending on how we're doing and what the run's like. And for like the last year of Magic, that shtick's basically not been working because their formats have been so bad and lacked so much diversity mm-hmm. that like the average idea that someone wants to send in it just doesn't make for good games. It just gets beat yeah. up and down what you're doing. And whereas like rune terror, like I've been playing almost every day for over two months now. And it's like, I'm still like, we played uh zombie ash the other day, ash yeah. reanimating ashes with harrowing. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. And so we won most of our games and like yep. had never played against it, had never played with it. And it was just like this new thing. Um, and that's, in a card pool that's two sets right like two months later with two sets of cards i am still finding new things to me Mm -hmm. and i'm sure people that have been playing since the beginning have seen it all by now but even just the fact to me that with how shallow the card pool is that i can still find things 70 days later is is it speaks volumes to what they've done with their cards
0: oh absolutely and i I, as someone and who both Saucy and I have been around in Runeterra since the actual beginning, and I'm so Saucy. You're way more in the the deck brewer side of the scale than I am, but just observing how people play out the meta, th- there is still a lot of untapped potential in a lot of these cards. Oh, yeah. I think we're getting into. So I follow um, I follow TFT as well, and that like is even more so than Runeterra and Magic is very much like big streamer says this comp is good. Therefore everyone plays it. And because everyone plays it, it's win rate goes up and they look at the win rate site and they say, Oh, this is the best comp. It's unbeatable. And just like, everything is focused on that. It's a little bit like that in, in rune and and in magic as well. But there's so much unexplored territory in LOR. Like it might not be S tier, but there are like the, the harrowing um, Ezreal deck, just kind of came out yeah. of nowhere like a week ago or two weeks ago. And it's like, all those cards were legal and mostly the same from the beta of the game. Yet no yep. one ever played it. It's like the, um uh, we were talking about how, I don't know the names of any cards, the zero mana copy, make a, a fleeting or a um, ephemeral copy of a card fading memories. That card is just, like, when I saw that card in the deck, I'm like, why is it in here? I'm like, wait a second. It's a zero mana burst spell for Ezreal and also gives you an Ezreal trigger if you target your opponent's thing. It's like, this card is insane. How come we haven't seen this in any Ezreal build yet? And, like, it's how many months into the game and no one has played it until, or at any sort of, competitive level so yeah i mean we're yeah.
1: getting we're getting close to the the next expansion and i'm still creating decks that brand new archetypes and things like we we're playing yeah. these weird jay madarda decks all yesterday but even think about things like sejuani like when the first set when the set for uh rising tides first came out people weren't playing sejuani like right. oh she's too slow not good enough and now everyone's like oh my god sejuani's busted she's so right. strong because people realize how to play it or and how to play with her um so it's it's crazy to me how every single week it feels like the meta either completely changes or a new deck appears and warps the meta mm-hmm. um, yeah, so yeah and even like this crazy. patch
2: right like i feel yeah. like we've gone from so Johnny and ash being like people are like oh that's s tier i can't beat to like a lot of my matches today were against deep variations because people yeah. realize well that's good against the mid-range deck right
1: yeah
0: i'm just waiting for emusives to make its rise in the in the meta so- it has a it has a cult following don't worry we'll get I'll I'll get it there. Hey, I've gone up like 150 master points with that deck, which isn't a lot. But it is not a it is not going down in master points, yeah. which is a big it's thing. It's
1: still winning.
0: It is winning and when you have an elusive moose, uh you're you're ready to uh to to go to to go to town there. Um so one thing I wanted to—I know we're kind of jumping around chat and and podcast listeners—but that's, right. that's just that's just how it's going to happen. Uh, one thing I wanted to uh, ask you about, Jeff, was actually I was thinking about it because I played in a uh, MTG arena event, and then I saw Michael Jacob lose like a very uh, favored matchup to just mana screw like entirely in uh, in game three of an event, and then you tweeted something about lands in magic versus of of a system like runeterra and i just wanted to get your thoughts on like the like mana generation system in a game like runeterra versus having lands because it's a little bit i got in a little bit of a, a heated discussion with someone on twitter over like oh you absolutely need lands and i'm like i don't ever want to see a land again where, where do you sort of fit on this
2: scale? the the basically only positive thing you can say about lands is they add a deck-building decision-making process that you don't have when you remove them. So the fundamental question is, does that decision-making process outweigh the negative side effects that are associated with it? And um, I think when you're newer to magic or don't have a good mathematical foundation, mana bases are, um, they're like mysterious and they feel really interesting. Mm -hmm. But like when you have a good heuristic understanding of, like, what goes into these things, it tends to be trivial to put these things together. Obviously, like like I mentioned, my shtick is playing decks people send me, and the thing I make the most changes in, it's like, well, you're, like, trying to cast a double black card on three, and you have 13 black sources in your deck. It's mm-hmm. like, mathematically speaking, you're going to miss, you know, half the time or more. On that and just missing on those i think those numbers are interesting when you're newer and not really thinking about it Mm -hmm. but when you actually have a good baseline you're like oh this especially in formats like magic standard format where the lands you have to pick from are a really small pool it's like oh i'm playing a two-color deck i just play all the dual lands right and then even in magic's bigger formats like legacy and modern you're like oh I play dual lands and fetch lands that can fetch those dual lands. Mm -hmm. And even then, like there's a couple of like utility lands that you kind of put in, but even those tend to be pretty linear, easy to make decisions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, the, the, I was very frustrated at the time. So I just, I left it. I did, I did the smart mature thing. I'm, I'm getting, I'm I'm getting wise. I'm getting wise in my old age. I just said, I'm just going to end this with let's agree to disagree because <laughs> it's like I've never once and I might just be a different type because I just don't gain any joy out of making a mana base. I just want to know what is the optimal mana base to to, to so I can cast my spells because m- casting spells is the most fun thing besides drawing cards. the most fun thing to do in magic. And if I can't do that, I'm not having fun most of the time. And the, the the counterpoint was, well, you're taking out this level of decision making, like you mentioned, Jeff. But and it's a, another level of complexity in decision making. But I I I find myself making this argument a lot and across a, a variety of different games because people tend to say, oh, well, you know, Dota is more complex than League of Legends, therefore Dota is better than League of Legends. And I'm like, if you in Magic, every time or Runeterra, or whatever game. If every time you hit your opponent's face for damage, you had to then play a game of chess versus that person to see if that damage resolved, that would increase the uh that complexity. would increase the complexity of the game. yeah, but I don't think that that would make the game better maybe it would because chess is pretty cool, but you, like that's the extreme, right? Like if every single thing needed to be like there was an additional check of a game of chess, that doesn't make the well, game better, right. <laughs>
2: To, to speak ill of the dead for a moment, uh, someone in chat crapped on Artifact earlier, and I think the fundamental thing that Artifact did wrong was that they mistook in-game complexity for quality gameplay. Yes. I think yeah. there was a fundamental issue with that game and why it wasn't a core good game. Like, it was definitely complex mm-hmm. and skill-testing, but it just wasn't a good game.
0: Yeah, e- every single matchup whether it was draft whether it was a control deck whether it was the most aggressive deck you could play felt like a traditional blue black no- like nefalia drown yard is the only win condition mirror match yeah every yeah. single time and while that can be fun and novel for a bit it's just draining uh yep. after a while <laughs> like there's a quality of life uh calculation it- that needs to be made at some point
2: in in contrast, I think um, two of the, the two things that Runeterra does better, in my opinion, than any other card game I've ever played, is the first thing they nailed is the length of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, magic games, especially in the last year and a half, they spend a lot of time in what I refer to as garbage time, which is where the game can no longer be won by one player, but both players are continuing to take game actions for the next. Five, ten, fifteen, right. god, even twenty minutes yeah. sometimes if someone's yeah. not conceding because oh well what if they mess up or what if yeah. they're hit by lightning or their internet right. disconnects. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like yep whereas whereas Rune Terra, once your deck kind of does the thing, the door it doesn't leave your opponent hanging there. The door closes right. quickly and you get to the next game and you're not just left dangling. Right. Yeah. The the other thing I think Rune Terra does really well is I think Rune has the highest. In-game player agency of any card game I've ever I've ever played. People aren't familiar with what that jargon means. Um, player agency refers to the chance that your decisions you make while playing impact the outcome of your game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And like, you know, we were talking about lands earlier and talking about how well people think lands make interesting decisions during deck building. They do sometimes, but in contrast, they remove a bunch of decisions while you're playing, right? Yep. Like there's so many games of magic where like I just don't play or they just don't play. They flooded or they stumbled Mm -hmm. and they didn't have meaningful choices. They mulliganed, they kept and they died. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's played magic, we've all been in that situation. We're like, Oh yeah, this two land hand is good. And then you're like, all right, 17 card draws later. We're still on two islands. Sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, The number of games of Magic I've queued up where there wasn't a game of Magic that
2: was played is far larger than most other games, especially Runeterra. So, something that frequently comes up when I play non-magic card games like Rune Terror is people are always like, well, Jeff, do you think this game needs a best of three mode for its ladder? Because I'm I'm very adamant. I'll only play magic as a best of three game. Mm-hmm. And the reason why um, I, I require magic basically for my enjoyable experience to be best of three is you basically need three games to get one real game. A lot of the time, like mm-hmm. two out of three games of magic are often one player made little meaningful decisions and died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, like in in Runeterra, when I'm playing decks that are like good decks that aren't just like brews, occasionally your brews fall apart. Right, or like you yeah. mulligan and get all five drops, but yeah. those games are like so few and far between when you're making good choices and playing good decks. It's very refreshing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually kind of talked about this a couple of episodes ago, and I'm I'm I am interested because I do think. I don't know if we necessarily need a best of three format and and maybe it just doesn't play out now because there's so a lot of the, a lot of the decks in rune terror right now aren't they are, they are optimized, but even the worst of matchups, I think are like maybe a 60, 40. Correct. Um, Yeah. There
2: isn't like, like in magic, you know, there's a lot of, 30 70 80 20, right. sometimes even 90 10 game one matches yeah. where like you literally only win if they don't play magic right yeah well you said you said you played reanimator and legacy that deck's like <laughs> yeah. the king of 90 yeah. 10s yeah. right like... the same thing
0: <laughs> absolutely i'm wondering if if that is because when uh, uh, it kind of goes back to the maybe the difference between a, a native lor player who hasn't played magic and uh, you know, someone who does come from a magic or even a Hearthstone background where the matchups that are 60-40s feel worse um, than maybe they actually are. I, I'm wondering if if Runeterra would benefit from something like a sideboard in, in a best-of-three format. Um, like maybe not now specifically with the format, but if we get to the point where there are like even more aggressive decks or like, like even when like Darius Aggro was out, that kind of raised the minimum bar for entry for a lot of decks um i, I guess i'm i don't know i'm kind of thinking out loud but what, what, do you think that this is that this is I, just a a symptom of the format now or the the game in general
2: i think in a in a tournament setting if you wanted to play multiple games with multiple decks perhaps or mm-hmm. Some type of sideboarding like thing to reduce variance per round. I think that that's very reasonable, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like there's enough non games in Runeterra at least as is for me to like right. really want that as a ladder experience. Like yeah. playing more games lets the better player win a little bit more often, and like if you have rounds that are going to be longer anyways, you can afford to play more games. But
0: yeah, uh, that that makes sense. I, I it's one of those things that we've just kind of been thinking about because it's. it it is interesting
2: one one of the things to consider too and this is something that i think magic really struggles with is um when you add sideboarding specifically it adds a layer of complexity to the game that to newer players is very intimidating Mm -hmm. because uh sideboarding at its core being good at it is a deck building exercise and a lot of people who aren't good at sideboarding they're trying to like take one card out and put one card in, as opposed to looking at 75 cards and building their best 60 or 40 or whatever the deck size mm-hmm. would be. And um, when you have tournament magic, it's hard for players to translate that if they're just playing best of one, right? Like it's hard to be invested in something you can't take home and do yourself. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, that- we,
1: we, we touched on it a little bit um let's talk about sideboarding. How do you feel about a sideboarding, like the tournament formats? What do you think of the current formats we have in LOR? Do you think there could be a better format? Do you think sideboarding could be a thing for a format for tournaments?
2: I I think, I think you could have a sideboarded format, but I think from a core um, engagement perspective and audience, um, audience audiences feeling invested, the multi-deck formats tend to resonate more with people. Yeah,
0: I think it at to to add to that point as well, uh, the whatever the because right now Riot does not have a prescripted, uh, this is the tournament format, this is the competitive yeah. format. I mean, technically, it's the rank ladder, which is just best of one, play a deck, True. go. Um, but there is no tournament level like hey it is three deck conquest band one or three deck yeah. two deck conquest like pro no tour. Band. yeah yet at least um mm-hmm. so what my core philosophy is that whatever and this is something i think magic does well or has done well is the um the pro tour format or the competitive format which is best of three for the most part until you get to like the top eight of a pro tour or whatever is, is, is that, and that is what you are playing in most of your competitive games, whether it's F and like all the way from F and M up to the pro tour, you are playing one deck, best of three, 15 card sideboard. Well, they're kind of,
2: they're kind of struggling with that actually, as they're Mm -hmm. moving into digital, right? Because arena, the bulk of the games played are best of one. Right. And, Wizards has had has been trying to restructure some of their tournament formats to appeal to that wider range of people yep. because, you know, sometimes the deck with the sideboard isn't directly applicable to best of one yeah. and vice versa. And yeah. they've even had issues where they've had to ban cards only in best of mm-hmm. one because the answers to them are only sideboardable or cards that you would right. never put in a main deck that then like takes this divide and drags it even bigger. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, w- w- that was like one of the. I don't even know how the tournaments are named in MTG anymore. One of the. Uh, neither do
2: we. They yeah. replace it every six months. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. I'm not. I'm not alone there. The in mythic invitational. I don't remember. Like one of the first ones that they played on arena in person. Obviously, pre- yes. That was Govan. an invitation, mythic invitation. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. Were you like brought three best of one decks or something? Was it? Was that what it was? It was it, something. It was, it was some weird format. It was,
2: it was two best of one decks, and I think you had to win with both or something like that. Or like you play, you played one, and then you played the other, and then you could pick between the two if there was a game. Yeah. Three. Uh, I think what it was. It wasn't yeah. three decks. It was like two decks, oh, okay. and then you picked for the, for the last one. Right. And so th- my my my
0: overarching point is that whatever is played at the top level, I want that to be emulated at the lower levels at least as closely as possible. And I think even Hearthstone, which has a pretty diverse and big uh, esports ecosystem, I think that they missed on that. And I think LOR um, has emulated a lot of what Hearthstone esports has done, where it's like, Three de- two or three deck conquest um, like that's great for the tournament grinders and I think that's what the tournaments are focused on now, but for riot or and or Blizzard for hearthstone and magic, like I want my low-level casual people seeing and playing the same thing that's being played at the high levels in terms of format. I don't want it to necessarily be, oh well, hearthstone is 16 deck win with five uh whereas you're playing the ladder and you're playing one deck so I-
2: well and so um i think one of the reasons why that multi-deck format is so inaccessible in hearthstone 2 is the the price point right like <laughs> uh, gameplay aside yeah. one of the things that Terra does better than literally any other digital card game out there is mm-hmm. consumer friendliness right yeah. like you can just buy the deck you want or the free to play is actually free to play friendly because riot understands they can monetize cosmetics well Mm -hmm. and you know getting three telling someone you need to get three rune Terra decks is completely different than telling someone you need three magic decks or three hearthstone decks yeah Yeah. oh god buying three
0: paper magic decks just makes me kind of sick to my stomach uh or at least you want to get
1: into modern here's you got to play three decks (laughs) like well
2: and, and and honestly um The thing that's most refreshing sitting in Rune Terra is I never hearing the words when I put out an idea. Well, that's a great idea, but there's these people that speculate on cardboard as a stock market, and that idea would upset them. So we can't upset the speculators that are using this as a stock market. Yeah. It's just a game for fun.
0: Right. (laughs) My my problem with it is that I don't, I'd really. Well, actually, I don't care if this is a Wizards bashing podcast. I I don't care. Uh, I don't care if I'm blacklisted. I'm not even listed. Uh, From playing the for, tournament you
1: don't know the name of. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm never
0: going to get invited to the magic dictation null I completely forgot the point I was going to make now. Uh, what were we talking about? Um, Who knows? Monetization. Monetization, Yes the problem is that wizard plays both sides of it. They're like, Oh, well, this is just, this is just a casual game for children. Um, but also, uh, for stockbrokers and, uh, in inve- investment bankers, like pick one, yeah. like, cause like I've been on not, not really as much of a speculate as much of on the speculation side. But when I was playing actively, I like picked up a bunch of foil treasure cruises and dig through times. Cause I wanted to foil out my deck and like, thought that they'd be legacy playable and whatnot and they'd keep some of the and it's like i just lose a bunch and it like even though like yes it's you know they should make decisions based on the game it's like well i just don't want to buy your cards then if that so like i i just get screwed over one way or the other right like either like my cards have value or they don't pick one don't keep flip-flopping it you know I mean, oh, we've all, yep.
1: anyone who's played, you know, any sort of, any form of magic, especially if you're playing Eternal Formats, knows a lot of times they're afraid to, you know, ban cards or change balance because of how expensive the decks are. Like, I remember yeah. I had just finished Birthing Pod, like, not long before the Pod ban <sighs> Rip, in Modern. And pod. I was like, well, That's shit, I just deck. spent like $600 on this deck and yeah. now it's worth about 30 bucks. Like,
2: yeah. I hate the good side. That- I hate the good side of some finance things in Magic, just from playing. Like I, uh, I foiled out a blue-red tempo deck in Modern at one point, Ooh. and then like expenses came up, and I remember trading foil Scalding Tarns for regular Scalding Tarns plus a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like, all yeah. right, sure. Like I bought yep. these foil Scalding Tarns for like sixty bucks, so yeah. wow, chip it, chip yeah. it back.
0: I yeah. I did. I did finance an entire trip to GP Orlando and the ensuing five days at Disney by buying Goblin Rabble Master. So I really can't
2: yeah. uh, for, well, for well, like I, 50 uh,
0: cents. So I can't complain. I, that much. I, I,
2: I know a lot of uh, like the Magic Pro teams, like when they knew they broke it going into the Pro Tour, they yeah. bought up dozens or hundreds How they paid for their testing houses right. and how they really made money if, if they yeah. lost on the weekend was, you know, they made. I remember uh, we broke the card hanger backwalker for a tournament. Oh yeah, and we had a couple yeah. hundred of those at quarters a piece, and they got to eighteen bucks a piece or yep. something like that at one point. It's,
0: it's pretty good. That's and like you know that's kind of fun to do, but also like it's predatory and all the bad things about it as well. But um, okay, so we're quickly running out of time here, and uh, I wanted to um, just at, like a high level Jeff because obviously you know you. I think still our core magic, or came obviously from core magic, and are just start, starting to sort of dabble into Rune Terra and, and do more Rune Terra content. What, what are your goals for Rune Terra? What do you want to get out of the, the game and, and the community?
2: You know, I, I guess right now I'm just kind of waiting to see where they where they go and what they do. Mm-hmm. I think the the core game engine of Rune Terra is one of the best core games I've I've ever played, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think the only big thing magic has over Rune Terra at this point is the card pool. Like, you know, magic has right. its history. It's got twenty six years worth of cards, but mm-hmm. I also think that riot seems to understand that and their plan to try and do set releases every two months i think mm-hmm. if riot releases six sets in the next year this game has a really hopefully a bright future if they hit those deadlines and fill their card pool out quickly mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's definitely very ambitious and and also out of those 26 years of uh cards i mean how many of them are like five mana one twos that tap sure to, yeah uh... and that
2: that too right <laughs> like i think i think there's actually a chance that like With Rune Terra's two sets they have right now, they have close to the same number of constructed playable cards as the eight sets that Magic Standard Format does because of just how much draft chaff Magic has per game that just aren't constructed playable. So, like, if Riot continues to aggressively balance their game when their card pool is five times as large as it is right now, Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think they could be creating a game that, like, what most people have envisioned they've wanted from these card games where, like, there's just a range of strategies and you can kind of pick the one that fits your mold Mm -hmm. and hang out and play that one. Um, you know, you said, I built, I built my brand on magic. It's, it's really tough as a non variety streamer to branch out into Mm. other things. Um, even, you know, rune Terra is probably one of my more successful non magic games that I've streamed. And even that, you know, my average viewer count on rune Terra is like 60 to 70% of what I see. Average average on magic. Um, one of the beneficial things about that from the business side of my job is that viewer counts not the end all all be right. all for people that may or may not know ad revenue doesn't account to a whole lot right so like yeah. one of the things i regularly do is i pull my twitch subs mm-hmm. every two to three months to find out where they sit and uh, Terra is resonated with the people who actually pay me more than any other game i've ever played on stream like i think uh my poll that I posted from a couple of days ago, was a little over 50% of my 2000 people that are subbed to magic said they're interested in rune tear. And it's one of the things they want to see on my channel.
0: Nice. That's good. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Uh, so when are we going to see the, uh, LOR who open?
2: LOR our who Glandia open. So, um, the logistics of running a tournament without a tournament client or something like mtg melee are tough i oh i know. <laughs> i've i've played in arena tournaments that are run on like smash.gg and to say the experience was rocky and clunky would be understating it
0: yeah yeah
2: that is even true. even like the mtg melee site that we use is less ideal than an in and like they've knocked their software out of the excuse me, out of the park, I think. And even there, you know, still less ideal than, like, if I could just open a thing in the client and go, yeah. I'm going to limit this to this many players. And I have. I also have more optimism in Riot from a software perspective than I have in Wizards from a software perspective. Oh, yeah. And I, if I was a betting man, and I play card games, so clearly at DM, <laughs> my money is on Riot having a spectator mode in Terra long before Wizards ever has a spectator mode in Arena which um, for people that have watched my arena tournaments, we literally provide coverage by requiring our competitors to share their screen to discord. And then I window capture two instances of discord and splice them together in OBS. So you can see them at the Uh, same time.
0: Okay. So that's, uh, I'm trying to think if that's better or worse than capturing people's Twitch streams. It's, it's similarly bad. We've done, I've, I've done both for the tournaments. Yep, yeah, I found it's the awful. the
2: band the bandwidth is a little bit less for people uh, to stream okay. to Discord, yeah, and true. you don't have random people putting themselves or overlay elements or their sub right. in your in your stream. Yeah,
0: it is definitely. Uh, plus, like I don't it, for an invitational tournament, it's it's fine if you have you know eight or sixteen people that you're saying, hey, you have to stream. But Correct. when it's an open with X hundred people, it's like, I'm not going to be like, yep. okay, well, you can't sign up for this tournament can't. if you don't have a Twitch
2: stream. It's like, uh,
1: yeah, like you well, you have to have a well, streaming I'm, computer.
2: Yeah. Well, like, and, and my, my tournaments that I run that we provide, and, and honestly, we've had a number of people comment that like the coverage myself, my two buddies and my wife do is like better than what Wizards has put on. Well, Because Wizards doesn't require their people to stream Is yeah. people can't join my magic tournaments that I run currently without having a streaming computer. Right. I, I tell them if we call you for a feature match and you, you can't do it because of your bandwidth or your computer, we're dropping you from the event. Right. Yeah. Because the point of the event is coverage. So right. it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, that's the same thing because people ask us, like, when are you guys going to do a rune terrible tournament? We're like, once they We have wanted to mode? for so
0: long. I just can't that was... do it.
1: That was literally our first topic when Blevins and I first drunkenly met each other was, yeah. "Oh my god, let's we start can do this thing so we can have these tournaments." now I we're like, oh, we would like a spectator mode first, Please. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Okay, Jeff. So we have we'll, we're we're just about out of time here, but we have the final and most important question for the, from the show.
1: Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. What is your favorite guardian in the game?
2: You know um as as something of a sea mammal myself, um, they just put new ones in today, uh-huh. and yes, the uh, the darker spirit dragon yes. is fantastic. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's good. It's really, Instantly really good. good. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it is. It is really good. Um, as long as you don't say T-Hex, I'm happy. Uh...
1: You get <laughs> right on out of here. <laughs> T-Hex is
0: garbage. Gromp gang for life. There's a reason that Gromp no got... Even... There's a reason the that blue... gr... The blue gromp the blue Grom
2: was was my favorite. Yeah, before, because he was the least
1: we... played guardian because he was hot dog shit. Get so out of
2: here. Gromp so they gang made, for they made life. The dark one. <laughs> Uninstall
0: T Hex. I'm I'm actually considering rage buying every single other cosmetic, not just uh-huh. the guardians, every single other cosmetic except for T Hex, just so I have everyone full... in chat
1: disagrees with you. Thank you, chat. I love all of you. Uh, Levage is off the show. Chat,
0: type a one if you hate T Hex and uh uh no, unsubscribe no. if you like <laughs> oh, i'm kidding <laughs> um okay
1: whoa 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 there's a second whoa. part to this question oh that's right because with every good guardian is a good game board and what's your board of choice right now jeff
2: the the pirate board is s2 music oh yes. i do i do enjoy me and it's got the
1: little like little crab dude who runs across yep i like that
0: I will say that uh, I want Runeterra to up their board game, because if there's one thing I can give Hearthstone credit for, it is that I can click on everything, and even just the tactile, like, clicking on the dirt, and getting a little, like...
2: Well, the the latest Epic tier boards let you do that.
0: Mm, a little bit. It's not the same. I, it's around, I want... around,
2: around the edge. They don't have yeah. full, like, breakdowns and stuff yet, mm-hmm. but... I want, I want to give Runeterra.
0: I want to give Terra credit because I'm heavily biased towards Terra. It's not the same level. I, I I want it to be. It's not. Because
1: um, like, when you're playing Hearthstone, like that's the same like feeling you get as like shuffling your cards constantly, yeah, like clicking like, huh? on the shit. Like I have to.
0: I, I literally just have cards that I hold on the side and I'm shuffling in my hand because I can't click on my like little my little dirt. Yeah. <laughs> are you?
1: Are you are you admirable <laughs> yes i am he admirable Is doing that as yeah. well we're like hey hey we're doing a podcast like
0: yeah just kind of he's like <laughs> he's like i'll come on the show as long as i can shuffle cards uh, okay of course sure. it's a
1: kiki too yeah
0: <laughs> okay jeff it- thank you so much for coming on the show now is your time to sell out shout out do what you will the floor is yours
2: all right. Uh, you can find me uh, just everywhere at Jeff Hoagland. That was uh, something teenage Jeff realized was smart enough to do, so I'm easy to find. <laughs> uh, I'm, my goal is to put out a Runeterra deck video every single day. I stream it live on Twitch. Uh, in the afternoons, usually start about two p.m. central on my Twitch channel, and then it goes up on my YouTube channel uh, shortly after there every evening. Sometimes we do two, sometimes we do one. You can follow me uh, on Twitter for lots of card games and progressive pol- political takes. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. And
1: awesome. and just to make sure, if you, if you are new to following him, uh, it's spelled H-O-O-G-L-A-N-D.
0: Yes, yep. so. enjoy. Make sure. Yep. Oglandia. Um, saucy, where can people find you on the internet when you're not here on the show?
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, all my stuff just at my website, saucymailman.com. Um, I stream on Twitch Monday through Friday in the evenings. Uh, everything's just saucy mailman. Lots of, uh, Jay Medarda and (laughs) puff cap decks.
0: (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, chat, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the underscore Blevins. You can find my Twitch when I decide to stream again, uh, twitch.tv slash the Blevins, but we do stream the show live there on Wednesday. So check it out if for no other reason than that, but you can find the podcast everywhere that you can find podcasts as well as on YouTube at rune terrible radio where we've got rune and deckpicks.live. dot live we still want to see your deck picks um a, send us your website. deck picks please um and also the best place to find all of our content is discord.me slash rune terrible radio but that is going to be it for this episode thank you again jeff for coming on but for jeff for saucy on the Blevins, and we'll talk to you guys next week we talk about more legends of rune terra <laughs>